Greetings, cowards. Welcome to Gaming Fix episode 71. I am your host, Andre Cole. Can you feel that? I feel it in my jellies. I feel Alex Jolina. That is worrisome. (laughs) You are very far away. Uh, Pat, I I feel you in my jellies. Uh, I'm roughly equidistant, so... I had a thing I was going to say, and then you said all that, and I can't do it now. (laughs) Uh, Allison, you're you're too far away. I I don't feel you in my jellies. You know, that's probably for the best. It's not that much further in the grand scheme of things (laughs) to get to Allison than it is to get to us. Uh, It is May 25th, 2019. Uh, It it is late for me, but is early for for y'all. I just saw Detective Pikachu. That's great. That's a, that's a good ass movie. Yeah, it is. I want to see it. So, so okay. Here's my issue. Black Panther got a Best Picture nom, but Black Panther isn't as good as Detective Pikachu. I so, find that very hard to believe. No, no, it's it's 100 true. Detective Pikachu is maybe a perfect film. So Detective Pikachu is better <laughs> than any movie in the MCU. Yes, what you're saying. Yes, it might it might be the best movie ever made okay interesting so this is bullshit then no what you're telling me do you see this hat so i should not watch this film because you're just it will ruin cinema for you bullshit it will ruin cinema for you and i don't know if you want to do that to yourself i saw john wick three this week i'm guessing that's better than detective pikachu uh, detective pikachu was six great uh john wick three out of five how many human beings does detective pikachu murder in in that film uh none he saves a bunch okay well john wick kills 167 people i think approximately hey you know what there, there's enough murder in the world there's enough i didn't count someone else did though okay. in the world. Okay. I, I i was like i i sure hope that you weren't sitting there in the theater going oh yeah that's another one i would i would do that i would go back and see it and 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 record it's a very good movie. Well, having I haven't seen John Wick 2, but having seen John Wick 1, I honestly don't know how because it just goes so fast. He's just like... Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's still a thing. I'd be uh, like, ah, no, I missed one. I would say that John Wick 3 is probably the most brutal of those movies, too. So Yeah. Okay. I was warned by well, there's, Jessica. There's Jessica. only... So, like, you can't go... You can't, like, ease off. I guess yeah, you but be- there's a thing. The thing I've always told people about John Wick is that it's so video gamey that yes, it's very violent, and yes, there's a lot of like bloodshed, but that the there's not a lot of like of like gore or yeah, anything. No, it's and, a lot of like still, or CGI. Yeah, there's still it's still not a lot of gore, but there are some like someone's neck gets broken in a very like uh. their like head is like to the side kind of way. There's still no like actual gore, but um, there's just some heads that get exploded and they cut away so fast that you don't see anything like, yeah. but you, you know what happened. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is, it is definitely the most um, graphic of those movies, even though it's still not like, it's still not like Tarantino kind of stuff uh, hey. at all. Totally I fair. Will, 
I will say uh, Apalm, Apalm uh, has like the Sonic like weird teeth thing kind of going. Uh-huh. Like not like human teeth, but I'm it, I'm, I'm into they, that. So they got some like close ups on the that that Apalm mouth, and it's a bit much. I want to go see that movie. Maybe it's from it's, it's Memorial it's, Day weekend in the states. Uh, I am, I am not bullshit. That movie is real good. I'm sure that I'll like it a lot. Yeah. And it might be a perfect movie. You, you know, if there, we're is one plot hole, there is one plot hole, oh. like major plot hole, but I, I, I don't care. I'm willing to forgive it. Yeah. If we're, if we're quickly like it makes the Pokemon anime, the Pokemon anime is canon to it is. Pikachu. That's it is. amazing. I didn't know that. This yeah. is 20 years after either. the first Pokemon movie. Wow. They that's actively cool. Ref- effort, reference it. That's very that's, cool. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. but yeah, if we're talking about stuff we've been watching, I'll very briefly say I've been watching the HBO Chernobyl series. It's real good. I don't know if I can do that to myself. It looks phenomenal, but yeah, does, it, have, does it have a bunch of puppies like Drew Scanlon's cloth map feature about Chernobyl? Sadly not. Based on the subject matter of the video game that I'm playing this weekend, I don't know if I can also handle watching Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It, okay, so just to, if we're also recommending things that we were watching uh the new uh lonely island special the why am i why am i finding the, the bash brother is that what yeah, the unauthorized yeah. bash brothers experience i know nothing about baseball and this is about baseball in the 80s and yet is this is, like their tour really de france like movie or that was what? that was that Lonely Island or was that just no. Andy? Sam- was Andy Samberg part of that? It, like, Kate Harrington and John Cena were in it. Tour de France. It was it was an HBO yeah. thing. It was about it was like a fake Tour de France. I, I've and heard like John Cena's in it. I song. So I know what you're talking oh, about. Andy but I had, is in it. Okay. I yeah. had convinced myself that that wasn't real. <laughs> I, that I had made that up. It was pretty good. <laughs> But is that in the 45 or like 45 hours in hell or something like the tennis one they did with Kit Harrington and Andy Samberg? Yeah. Uh, but, they've uh, done a lot of HBO stuff. But, uh, yeah. But anyways, no, this is on Netflix. It's 30 minutes long. They call it a, uh, let's, what are they a visual it? poem, a visual poem. Right. Um, <laughs> because it's, it's basically, ju- it's basically just the songs and a lot of, fake pretentious like stuff it's really really good though and i i yeah. I, I wholeheartedly recommend it i'm i'm probably gonna watch it as soon as we're done recording this it's it's so. yeah I, I like i said like people are going oh is is it like if i don't know baseball i'm like it, you don't need to oh, I, you just I know a hard time yeah you just I'm need sure to know that these are from baseball from the late 80s and they used a lot of steroids like that Does is it. anyone have soggy bone syndrome <laughs> no, <laughs> soggy bones. Okay. It's, Jose, it's Jose Canseco in there. Oh yeah, he's one of the main characters. Great. Oh god. Okay. Well, uh, he's played I, by Andy Samberg. Well, I guess. Wait. What? Okay. Okay. Uh, I thought they actually got Jose Canseco. I no, that but was he apparently. Okay. No, but he apparently tweeted that like, hey, if you need, if you're doing a sequel, I'm in. So he fun fact, um, Jose Canseco shot himself. Whoa. Uh, he did. Jose Can- not like, not like a killed himself way. No, no, no. He accidentally yes. firearm into yes. like his hand or his foot or something. Um, he, he, he was, he was one of the first, um, baseball players I ever saw like play baseball. 
in person because uh, he played for the Tampa Bay Rays when they were still called the Devil Rays in 1999, which was the first baseball game that I ever went to. <laughs> well, that's not true. It's the first baseball game that I really remember, though. The first baseball game I ever went to was a minor league game in my hometown, and someone got hit with a ball, and their popcorn exploded and went everywhere. It was really that's pretty fun. good. It's pretty good. Uh, anyway, uh, so there's your recommendations uh, for your uh, for this May 25th. Uh, come back next week uh, with your 500 <laughs> words on each of the things we've recommended. And, and uh, only then you'll be allowed to listen to the gaming portion of our podcast. Yes. Uh, yes. So come back next week for this week's talk about games. Uh, Alex. Hey, what's up with the world of Alex's video games? So, uh, again, I've been super busy, so I haven't played a ton, but I was inspired to play a specific series because of a trailer that came out. Uh, ah, yeah. Well, was it, was it kingdom hearts? Did the trailer come out for Kingdom Hearts? I don't know. You know, <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> who could say? Yeah, no one really knows. <laughs> so I have started playing a about wait, 100... Wait, wait. Oh. Final Fantasy VII. Yep. <laughs> yep, my favorite. No, I've started playing a 150-hour series known as Umineko When They Cry. So Ooh. it's a part of the When They Cry C- visual C- novel Cat. series. Sea Cat When They Cry. Yep, sea cat. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think it's actually seagull. But um, so the when it is, they, cr- but it's like it still sounds like sea cat. It does sound like sea cat. But um, the when they cry series is really fascinating. It's um, right now it's got two visual novels, two games, uh, as well as two anime, which. Uh, tell basically the same story, but the visual novels are obviously more detailed, kind of like the Steins Gate thing. Uh, but actually, they don't call them visual novels. They call them sound novels, which is kind of interesting because they don't actually have any voice acting, which would be off-putting for some people, I'm sure. But it's more about like developing a really uh, nuanced soundscape for everything. So it's like really based on sound design and stuff like that, which is kind of neat. And the stories that they tell are really fascinating. Like, especially if you go back to Higurashi, the first one, uh, it starts off as just this, it seems like a pretty straightforward horror kind of thing where there's just a lot of murder going on and then things get real weird. It gets Um, extremely weird. Yeah. But like in a very consistent way that explains absolutely everything. So like, it's really well done. Uh, Umineko, I don't know that much about. Um, so I'm about two hours in the story's really cool so far and it seems a bit more nuanced than Higurashi, which is surprising because Higurashi has a pretty in-depth lore. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be continuing with this. It's a really long, long series. Uh, I don't have that much to say yet other than the writing is extremely good and the localization is extremely good. Uh, but the reason for this was that there was a trailer that came out just last week, uh, for the third series or third entry in the series for called Siconia when they cry, uh, it should be coming out this summer. And it was so buck wild that I had to know what happened in this second entry because I didn't know <laughs> because both Higurashi and Umineko. So the first and second ones, uh, are kind of set in the eighties and have this like, I don't know, um, kind of antique store vibe to them. (laughs) That's the best way I can put it. Like 
there's no technology. Like they don't even really mm-hmm. have cell phones, like 80 cell phones. It's just very, uh, very grounded. Whereas the new trailer that came out is basically like cyberpunk and like got neon lights and it's like super modern and it's like they're doing some spy shit or something. And like all the characters that they show are new, uh, but they, uh, through voice acting, you hear them reference some of the previous characters that have shown up in the series. So I'm just wondering like, okay, what, how did they get here and what happened in Umineko for this to be, you know, something reasonable to happen? So yeah, no, that's what yeah. I've been playing. Uh, yeah, no, I was thinking that I needed to play Umineko eventually. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear how you feel about it. I also need to play Higurashi because I've only seen the anime and I, I love it, but yeah, want more. So be warned. Well, not, not warned, but um, if you're going to play either of them, make sure to get the updated versions because you're not mm. going to want to play the originals with all of that original art because it looks like uh, ass. It, real bad. Like yeah. doo-doo. Yep. And I will say that the trailer for Siconia, the new one, uh, the art currently looks like ass because it is that original artist and writer. <laughs> so that'll be mm-hmm. a bit tough to come to terms with a little bit, but it's fine. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Okay. Wait, is this thing playing on the stream now? The trailer? Yes. Correct. Okay. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the art is kind that of ass. Was no, it's, that's not even what is that, like okay, like the art, whatever. Uh, but the, it's just the content of the uh, what is happening. Okay, that, yeah, yeah. It's certainly not very antique story. No. Yeah. Oh, it should be noted. Um, I don't know if you can hear my, my cat going. It, it should be <laughs> noted. Is, is noted that the morale. sea cat that we've heard of so much? <laughs> yeah, he just wants to speak his mind this morning. Um, but it actually has a simultaneous re- uh, release in North America and Japan. Oh, which dang. Is, which is very rare for a visual novel. That is good. Uh, yeah, because I was looking at Higurashi on Steam, and apparently they haven't finished like translating all of it. Yep, they're releasing kind of every chapter as they as yeah. they translate it. So I was like, let me I want to play the whole thing. Don't do this to me. But yeah. but if they have a simultaneous release, that's cool. Yeah. But um, when is that yeah. when is that due out? Uh summer. Okay. Hey, that's almost basically now. Yeah. You could you probably play it right now. I don't know. Who could say? Yeah. I'll start it right now. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> Either way, the series is really cool. Looking forward to seeing what happens in Umineko that explains why they can, you know, travel seemingly 50 to 60 years in the future with the same so characters. Is it? Okay. So it's the same characters in the future. Okay. So, well, so, um, the character, they only reference one character and it's kind of a side character. Allison, okay. if you remember the, the answers arc of Higurashi, which is the second mm-hmm. season of the anime, there mm-hmm. is a, um, there is a specific member of a special forces unit who is the leader and has his hair in a ponytail most of the time. Mm. So they reference him <laughs> who's like kind of part of a, like a PMC anyways. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Uh, well, uh, I guess. Wait, Umineko has a fighting game. 
Yes, it does. Of course it does. <laughs> I'm looking at this on Steam, sorry. <laughs> it's probably made by art. Apparently it's actually pretty good. Cross, like, Senran Kagura, Cross, Donkanrumpa. Cross Tag Battle, Luineko. Okay. Well, if that's all you've got to talk about, Alex. Allison, what did you bring to share? I played the game uh, Shakedown Hawaii, which is a uh, top-down GTA-esque game. uh, Is this for the people who made Retro City Rampage? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Um, I played it on Switch. I think it's available. It's uh, available on Steam, or it's going to be available on Steam. It's it's going to be available on Steam, but it's available on Switch right now. Um, but basically, it's very much a top-down GTA where you're playing as the CEO of a company, and you're basically trying to get your company back at whatever cost necessary. Um, basically, doing a bunch of like shady ass not legal ways to get, to get your company back on top. Um, the one thing that kind of got me interested in this game, because I'm not normally a huge GTA person is that there's a whole business management aspect of it, um, where you are buying up in different parts of the, the Island you're on and you are, um, basically trying to, uh, run your business. So you have daily income that allows you to buy different, uh, things, which allows you to give yourself an income, which allows you to upgrade things. So I, um, that's part of why I got into it. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't think it's quite as developed as it could be. Um, mostly because you get to, you really quickly get to a point where if you uh, do enough upgrading in pretty strategic ways, money just becomes no object anymore. Um, like I got to the point where I was just like, Oh, I can buy literally everything right now. And I was midway through the game. Um, so it, it was a little bit frustrating. Um, and part of that is also that I don't think it's quite as deep as it could have been. Um, because a they, they kind of satirize this where they say, uh, Oh, you're going to buy gift cards for everything. Uh, like you can have gift cards for like your apartment building or whatever, but it's literally like every multiplier and every upgrade can be put on every single business item that you have. So it's like you own a house, you can set, uh, you can set up gift cards and like other like things that make zero sense for it. Uh, to exist. Um, so I, that, that was, that was good. Or that that was something that I would have really liked to be a little bit better. Um, because I think it could be really fun to do that kind of business thing. Well, and also there's, there's certain points where it's like, uh, if you intercept a, uh, delivery truck, you can get, you'll get the things cheaper and it'll be, it'll add to your daily stuff. But it's like, that's just pennies in the, like a drop in the bucket compared to all the other stuff that you're doing. So it really, those activities to upgrade your business don't really matter as long as you're actively buying things. Um, 
Yeah. But other than that, it's, it's pretty serviceable GTA, like where you're roaming around the, uh, the city, you're shooting things, have a very, have a variety of weapons, a variety of activities you can do. Um, and it's all has this very, not at all subtle critique of capitalism, which I, I, I have to say I'm a, I'm a fan of, but I don't know if it's necessarily, uh, in any way necessary just because it's very much like companies are going to do anything to increase the bottom line. And that's kind of it, but just in different forms. Um, so I, it's, I, I think it's definitely an interesting game. And since it's not like terribly expensive, it's if, if, if it's some, you like those kinds of GTA games, or if you like that kind of top down thing, it's, it's easy to recommend, but I, it's, it's just one of those games where I feel like, it could have been better, <laughs> which is, which I, I, I say is something that I've, I've literally completed the entire thing. I've done every side activity, bought everything on the Island. Like I've done pretty much everything you can do in the game, except for there's like one collectible that I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. Um, but how long um, did it take you to do that? Um, only about like 10 hours. So it's, it's not particularly long. Yeah. Uh, currently the game is on sale on the Epic store for $10. Yeah. Normally th- 20. Yeah. It's That's normally 20. It's uh, yeah. I bought it for 20 on, on switch, which isn't <clears throat> terrible. Um, and it, it is, it is, there's, there are a bunch of like individual challenges that are pretty fun. Um, like uh, one where you're in a monster truck, for example, and have to like, crush as many vehicles as you can to get points to like have it be like a little, it's just like a little side uh, activity that you can do for fun. And there's like little side activities you can do with pretty much every weapon in the game, which inc- one of them is like, one of them is a hair dryer. One of them is uh, a flamethrower. Uh, so, so there's, so there's definitely fun to be had. And I think that with the price, it's, it's definitely easy to recommend for that price. I, it's just, it's just something where I, I keep, I kept like feeling like, man, this game could be so much better. And it's interesting. Cause I had the same reaction to retro city rampage when I played it. Same here. Um, like I happened to like the first two GTA games quite a lot. Um, and so I was excited to play retro city rampage and then it felt just like super thin. I think I played it for like two or three hours and then was kind of like, I've seen it. Yeah, I had, um, a, I had a very similar experience, Pat. It, it felt like the kind of game that, like, it didn't feel like it had any real direction to me. It felt more like you just sort of drove around and blew stuff up. And there, I didn't feel like there was any kind of progression. It didn't feel grounded at all. Like, progression in any sense, not even just like, I don't know. I was very disappointed in that game. So this game looks a lot better. Um, yeah, and there's, there's definitely progression in terms of having, like the just the uh business yeah that seems like it adds a fair bit and then also there's a there's a full story through it uh so retro city had a story it was just so incoherent to me that it was like impossible to follow and it was very like uh, it's it's just so stream of consciousness that it was hard to really Mm. like get invested in any aspect of it because it was like now we're making a back to the future reference and now we're making this reference and now now you're gonna fly across the city and then you and now you have a bazooka and then now you have a machine gun and it was all just very 
Mm. Like, what are we doing? This is so scattershot. Yeah, I, I, I never played it, but th- this is definitely a lot more, I'd imagine, more cohesive since it's all really it focused like on from the footage we business have. and capitalism. I just just think that it's like, man, this game could be amazing if, mm-hmm. if you had just done a little bit more with like some of the business management aspect. With some sure. of- I mean, look, like Retro City yeah. Rampage was definitely going for the GTA 1 and 2 vibe. It looks like this is going kind of for the Chinatown Wars vibe. I don't know if you guys played that, but mm-hmm. it was... Yeah, the, I like that one a lot too. Yeah, on the original DS. I think it's out on mm-hmm. iOS and Android now. Uh, but yeah, that game was all about... Like, it was that over uh, top-down style and also all mm-hmm. about the business so, uh, Allison, if you haven't played Chinatown Wars, I might suggest to, to try it just to kind of kind of see if you I like it. Might. It yeah, depends like on it a little bit on how you feel about drugs because yeah. there's a lot of drugs. Yeah, it's but a lot I of mean, like selling cocaine and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have an interest in them myself. But no, I, no, no. I just yeah, <laughs> I, I just know some people right, who were but, turned off by how. Right. But I don't mind the references to drug trade was yeah, like it's, it's not subtle in any way. No, and and it unlike other GTA games where you might like have a mission where you have to take the drug somewhere in Chinatown Wars, you are strategically taking over neighborhoods so that you can sell drugs in them, which I know for some people might be uh, a bit of a a, a trigger. So yeah. um, I, I would say yeah. that that is a content warning going in. Otherwise, it's a it's a pretty awesome game and. Yeah. Um, sure. It doesn't do it in well, a time I, that's inconsistent with the rest of GTA. So yeah, and, and I actually might might check that out because I've I've haven't really gotten into any of the um, any like G, I, like GTA Five. I didn't really ever get into or any or any or Vice City or San Andreas. But um, I'm, I'm I kind of might like it better with this top down. Uh, it's, business. it's not i'm a fairly big gta fan in general i wouldn't say that it is my my personal favorite one but i think there is an argument to be made for it being the best of those games mechanically um because it has a lot of stuff going on that like the that hasn't been done in other games in that series to that degree before um gta online actually kind of gets at some of the stuff that they did in chinatown wars but that's such a wild separate thing that it's not really <laughs> that, that, that thing is basically turned into track mania <laughs> it's fucking in more ways than one yeah <laughs> uh, i'm listening i, I played i played <laughs> a few hours of that last weekend too so yeah play track mania that's the takeaway uh, right? I, I i meant gt online but i would play track mania too <laughs> oh man that game's so good it is uh I've oh man I put a lot of hours into that. But you can there's there's GTA races now where you can you can f- like the the tracks are track mania tracks literally yeah. like above the city hmm. they are big huge and there's ones where you can transform into different things and it's it's wild it's very fun but it's weird. Allison. I feel like I must have more than sixty two hours in track mania too. But <laughs> yeah, maybe you had the separate Nadeo launcher for a while, but. Nelson, do you know if this game, um, with the current game, do they plan on having like any kind of mod support? Like, are there going to be custom levels that people can do for shakedown or. Ooh, that's a good question. I honestly don't know. Um, yeah. So especially since I was maybe playing it on, on switch, yeah. maybe on, the oh, s- yeah. but on, on PC yeah. probably. Did retro city rampage have anything like that? I can't remember, honestly. I believe there is the ability. I think the answer is yes, but I don't, I never played it on PC. I actually played that on Vita. 
Um, I don't see anything with like a store page or with like a community page or anything. Okay. Yeah. Or it, yeah, I don't see like a mark. Uh, what a workshop. I don't yeah. see any workshop stuff. It, it just seems like this game could be really interesting if you could have some kind of. Uh, like what was the name of that game? Castle Doctrine. If you could have that kind of multiplayer, uh, asynchronous kind of thing, but with this kind of window dressing, it'd be really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I may, I may, I like the way that this game looks enough that I may check it out because um, the visuals are very much a thing that I enjoy. So even just looking at that art for a few hours might be fun. Uh. So- uh, just, you know, okay, so I mentioned how the game is on the Epic Store. And, of course, you look at the reviews for Retro City Rampage, and you got people complaining about... Uh, Dude, people complaining it, about the... The, uh, the Epic exclusivity, yeah. It's apparently, apparently, it's like one-year uh, exclusivity. Uh, and this person was going to buy uh, Hawaii. A cracked version magically appeared on my hard drive. Thank you. <laughs> Valve should just ban these people. That's yeah. Valve should, yes, gonna, they like, should. If they're going to come in and say, Oh, I, I pirated this game banned. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot that we could say about the current Epic yeah. store versus steam. <laughs> It's there's, just there's, there's a lot. There's so much garbage and junk on both sides of that equation. Oh, yeah. that it's like yeah. I, I'm where I've landed on it. We don't have to get into a long discussion on it, but where I've landed on it is I'm certainly not going to boycott a game because it's exclusive to the Epic Store. Like if mm-hmm. I want to play this game and I end up wanting to get it, it'll probably be on PC and it'll mm-hmm. probably be on the Epic Store. I'm not thrilled about the way that Epic is doing business either. But at a certain point, like there's there's really no winning because Valve has done so much garbage over the last few years too that like if you are self-righteous and saying i'm not going to shop at epic i'm only going to shop at valve you're not morally in any kind of of high ground (laughs) no uh yeah it's it's just a whole whole right and i mean to to be fair like there has definitely been a mess on the epic store side too totally yeah 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 where i would necessarily be like well that's that's it for them like i don't know no, I, that's that's where I'm at too, for sure. At in first, past, I was kind of yeah. In the past, was, I'd say year, Epic has given me more money than I have given them. That's so funny. <laughs> I got my refund for what, Paragon. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember yeah. the name of that game? I've gotten more money like from them than I've given them, and I've got like four games on the Epic Store, but I've gotten them all for free. Yeah, I bought Hades. That's the only thing I've purchased so far through the store. But the, I, I'd like to play that Observation game. That's Epic exclusive right now. Um, and uh, and this game looks interesting. Uh, there's the Outer Wilds is coming out right. next week. Um, but that's I'm going to play that on P, on Xbox. Uh, I think so. That's less of a thing. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Pat, you've got a lot of stuff, so I'm just so, going to talk about what I've got first. That sounds good. I'm not planning on like going into detail on each of those games yeah, by any means. But yeah, yeah you should uh, go. So uh, I played I played a little bit of Dauntless. Uh, we can talk about that real quick. Yeah. Uh, I didn't play too much, maybe just like four hunts or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Dauntless is, I don't know, I think you talked about it a little bit, Pat, a while yeah, ago. Yeah, I've played a f- quite a bit of it. I'm, I At one point I made it to the kind of end game ish stuff, but mm-hmm. more stuff came out. So that's yeah, no it was in like early act or like beta yeah. or whatever. Uh, but this was within the last eight months. So it's not mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so it just it got full release. Uh, it came to the Epic Store uh, free to play. So it's another game I have on the Epic Store. That uh, and but also I started playing it on PS4. That's where I've done most of my playing. Mm-hmm. Um, does the account stuff sync between the two? Yes, it awesome. does. Yeah. And so, on Xbox too. Yeah, so it's cross-play. Uh, I don't know if it works between like PS4. It, it must because it connects to your Epic yes. account. As far as I know, it it's completely. So, it's the yeah. first title to launch on those consoles that is completely cross-play. But like, it's not not just cross-play. It's cross-progression. Yes, so like everything I did on PS4 transferred to the PC version. Yep, yep, which is great. It's uh, very cool. Yeah, and so I hope that like now that Sony is like not being a dick about it, that this kind of opens the floodgates and more games can do this kind of stuff. Obviously you're going to have like, uh, like exclusive cosmetics or whatever, um, that maybe won't be available on other consoles, but that's fine. Uh, they're cosmetic deal with it. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, it's cool that they are making that option there, but it, it is weird. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what use case. I guess maybe if you have like an, a PlayStation, a one parent's house, an Xbox and another parent's house or something, that could be a use well, case. Or there, there are a lot of ways it could I, work like PC to console, but I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely not like, I'm not, I don't think I'm not under the illusion that everyone's living room is like mine or everyone's, everyone's setup is like mine, but I, I play stuff pretty equally between Xbox and PC. So yeah, oh, I can no, totally... the PC to console makes total sense. Oh, you mean console to console? It's, yeah, it's, like, hmm, it's probably just a function of the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the fact that it's already doing a yeah. PC to console. Yeah. So why not just make it cross everything? Yeah. Um, especially if they were to do a switch version at some point, which uh, think... they have said is in the work. And I think, yeah. Summer uh, is what it, it says. It's totally doable. Like the game has a, a stylized look that mm-hmm. is very like it's not super intense visually. So uh, uh, the hub world frame rate on the PS4 would have you think otherwise. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of lighting and shadow stuff going on. Um, yeah, it, it's got it, that kind of like it is like some watching they can see. That's yeah, sub thirty in the hub world. It's fine in the like in the hunt areas, but they're very sparse. Um, yes, yeah, and like that. Like I said, I've only done like four hunts, but like it's fine. Uh, you know, I have maybe if I get further in and like do some more stuff, and like it, as it gets more difficult or something, I'll uh, find more enjoyment out of it. But so far, it's just been kind of like. I actually don't think you're going to get any more enjoyment out of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try it out for a little bit. Yeah. Like when I've got monster hunter world sitting there and also with Iceborne coming out later this year, like I think the designs in Dauntless, like I wish they were a little more varied. That, that becomes a thing later on. But the thing is, if you're coming from monster hunter world and that's kind of your, your benchmark for what you want out of it, it never will come anywhere within the stratos of that. Like I think monster hunter world was lacking in like amount of monsters compared to like four generation or four you, uh, which had like everything and world doesn't even come close to having what four you had. So the like, two, yeah. the, the things I really like about dauntless versus monster hunter as someone who only kind of got into monster yeah. hunter with world. Um, I felt like, um, world is so cool and so incredibly well made, but I felt like I would boot up world 
And then I would spend about a half an hour before I was actually in combat with a monster. And it got to a point where I just felt it was super exhausting. So what I wanted was something that was much more like, mm-hmm. I want to push the button and be fighting the monster. And that's what Dauntless does. So that's yeah. kind of why I like it. But I think for people who already really like world, yeah, it's so much it's it's a much simpler experience in terms of all of the stuff around yeah the hunting the hunts themselves like the monsters themselves do get more complex and more varied and like harder later on for sure um and there is more gear consideration that you have to make later on with like how you want to equip yourself um and the weapons are are different and unique and interesting and stuff so i think that like as far as the combat with the monsters is concerned, it's on par with something like monster Hunter world, but there's so much less like, you're not like having cats cook your food before you go out. You're not like, well, tons of like wandering around in the, in, in a super gorgeous environment, like yeah. collecting materials other than what you're pulling off of the monsters themselves. There's yeah, like, that, but. yeah there, like there is like, you're like picking up plants and like some more a little bit, the yeah. way, but that's that stuff. The, the, the environments are very, very sparse. There's mm-hmm. like some trees and you can knock the trees down in the fight or the monster will knock the trees down in the fight. But yeah, it's, it's, pretty bearable and it's a free to play game and I'm not asking for it. It's to, also the point. Too. I'm not asking. Yeah. I'm not asking for it to be monster hunter world. Yeah. But like after, like I tried to play it so like when it was in beta and then there were server issues and then I just never got back around to it. And then every time I've tried to log in, it's been like, Oh, you're in line. And I heard they had some server issues when they first launched and like they're working them out. Like I haven't had to wait long to get into it. Um, but it still seems like their server stuff is like, Oh geez, we've got so many more people than we're. Yeah. They're a super small team. Yeah. Good for them for having a successful thing. And if I, I think if monster hunter didn't work for you for whatever reason, like it was like, it was too intimidating. This is like a cool way to maybe ease into it. Um, it's also, and then maybe go back to monster hunter world or, yeah. whatever would, would you say that would you say there's anything that dauntless does better than monster hunter uh tutorialization i, I also you think that what, what the things do like, like i said i don't want to like like dunk on monster hunter either because i no, think it's exquisitely not. made but like again for somebody like me when i get home from work at the end of the day i don't want to i don't want to do the like 25 30 minutes of prep work to decide all that stuff. And then the, and then the 25 to 30 minutes of running around in the environment, and that's not that long, that's an exaggeration, but they're like 10 minutes of running around the environment to find where the thing is. And then the, 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 like it, it just got tedious for me, I think. And I think if you felt that way, then dauntless is a much more snappy, like, yeah, get in monster, you fight it it'll run away interaction game exactly could, yes yeah yeah you, could you view this as playing PUBG versus playing Fortnite? uh like just in terms of in terms of commitment and like how serious you have to take it and stuff like having that. having not played Fortnite myself like uh, i don't know i think i think they're like, yeah i don't hmm. I think it's, it's, I never it, took PUBG super seriously. So <laughs> that's totally fair to you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I think one, I think that they're both better games than those games. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like I think that, that, that monster world is a better game than PUBG, And I think that, um, dauntless is a better game than Fortnite in terms of like 
it being like unique and interesting sort of like, I guess in a way, I almost don't think that Dauntless is as much of a lift from monster hunter world specifically as Fortnite is from PUBG. Sure. It's still like obviously inspired by monster hunter, but there's more unique stuff going on with the way that they have structured it um, compared to something like monster hunter world specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see more of that as you go along, but the ways that the progression expands and stuff is very different and interesting. And I think like the other thing I would say is like the time commitment in dauntless is about learning how your weapon works, which is also a thing in monster hunter. But honestly, I fail to try to choose my words carefully, but I fail to understand what the like, the the lush preparation stuff in monster hunter actually adds to the experience after having played a lot of dauntless like like not not the not the basic like picking my gear and and picking a dish a food dish but more the how like intricate the environments are and stuff um other than just like looking cool you know i Um, mean they they make it feel like you're you know, actually going into a space and hunting a monster and it's like natural habitat, making it feel like a place that is actually lived in. Yeah. Uh, Whereas like it in Dauntless, it feels so barren. Like it's just like, Oh yep, No, this thing is literally just here for me to kill it. Yeah. And like, I mean, if you just want to do the fighting, that's, you know, that's fine. Uh, Right. Yeah. And you know, maybe that makes monster hunter a little more fucked up because you're, uh, oh know, no, like, that's not like, cool. Oh, this is where, well, I, you know, on like a, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm not a, you know, you're not a bad person for playing monster hunter world or, or monster hunter in general, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you go into this place and it feel is like immersive, I guess. Uh, I, I guess. And to more directly answer your question, Alex, I don't think that there's anything in the core gameplay other than maybe tutorialization that, that Dauntless does better. But the other reason that it appeals to me a little more is that it, they more consistently and frequently add new content to it. Um, like who knows what will happen after Iceborne, but monster hunter world is very much like a video game that you purchase in a box and it has some events and stuff, but it's content complete. And then, yeah, you know, expansions might come, will come out for it, but Dauntless is much more of like a live service game in a sense. Yeah. So like, you do kind of get that like constant, there's a reason to constantly log in and play it, um, oh, which like is Anthem. going to appeal to some people or not appeal to other people. Uh, I, I would love for them to put monster in a world in a more service game yeah. position. Like I, I, I wish they had got it more like for, for you. Um, I don't know what state generations is in, but like for you had like online quests that were constant, like, unique monsters and like, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. And like, Oh, do this quest and you get like a Mario and Luigi skin for your Palico. And they do stuff. also, and they've got like, they've, you know, they've had the skin stuff with like Aloy and the Witcher. And yeah. Stuff. And that's just really cool. I need to, like, I need to play that game more, but I just, you know, and I would, I would actually like to play it more side by side with Dauntless to try to kind of understand. Cause I, what ended up happening with Monster Hunter World is I played it for probably like 25 hours and the whole time really, really enjoyed it. And then eventually when I got to like the third area, I think mm-hmm. that was when it started to feel like super hard mm-hmm. and 
Okay, here's another thing that Dauntless does better. Actually, this is the real thing. When you go to play a Dauntless and do a hunt, even at, at any level that you're playing at, you hit matchmake and it gets three other people for you, and then you're in a hunt together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does matchmake. That that is now that I'm thinking about it and I'm trying to like articulate it. It's not the. It, I think it's as much that as it is the prep time stuff in Monster Hunter, because I think I can get a, I can get around that because I of the other kinds of games that I like, but I think I hit a point in monster hunter where it was becoming very, very hard and I didn't really have specific people to play it with. And the matchmaking got to a point where it was like, I guess I could search for rooms and then see if they're hunting the thing I need to hunt. Whereas with dauntless, you pick a monster, you hit play and there's a quick play option where you just get matched with someone for their hunt that they're specifically doing. And then you get bonuses for playing in quick play. So that is, at its core that's the thing it does better i think is that it is very much like you can have a group immediately and it surfaces a lot of information and just gives it to you right there like oh this monster is weak to this it's geared to do this much more damage or this much less if you're using this kind of weapon or like this element or whatever so it gives you a lot of information up front whereas monster hunter is like oh go look at the almanac and read about you know you have to fight this monster like six times and then then you can know like, Oh, here's this weak point and it'll take extra damage from this kind of like thing and stuff like that. And I don't necessarily think that's bad either with the kind of world that they're trying to create in monster hunter. And, um, I mean, I'm kind of like contradicting myself now with the, like being frustrated about the prep time thing, but the more that I'm thinking about it, the more I'm, I think that what I'm, what I meant, what I said as prep time, I meant as it's just hard to get into the game mm-hmm. in a sense that it is playable. Like, cause you need yeah. people at a certain point. You can, you can knock out a hunt and dauntless in like five minutes. If depending on like the level, uh, like the early ones are really quick. Early Later ones, they get, they get definitely harder. But. Um, the other thing that they do later that's interesting is they start to introduce and monster Hunter may do this too. I didn't get to the very end of the fights, but they start introducing some like really wild monsters that do things like there's one that's like, like teleports. It's like kind of like night stalker and it can like pull you into this dark world where you have to like survive specific attack patterns. And then it spits you back out into the world and you have to like anticipate portals that it's going to come out of and stuff. Like it gets like real wild with some of the, 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 the void based enemies and the astral enemies, um, which are like specific elements. Um, so there are later on, there is some, some crazy stuff that, that mm-hmm. kind of happens with the monster design. Well, I, you know, I've got, I've got nothing but time right now. So, and that's another nice thing that it's, not better than monster hunter world because you just buy monster hunter world and then you have the game. But Dauntless is, um, very much from what I've seen anyway, not pay to winny at all. Like you can, obviously it's all P uh, PVE co-op stuff anyway, but I've never felt compelled to spend money on anything because it's mostly cosmetics that you can yeah. buy. They've and got the, a battle pass going right now. And I, yeah. I did get some like grenades and stuff from like the second yeah. level. There's whatever. stuff you can buy for sure. That is gameplay affecting, but it's but it, all yeah. basically like, like stuff you could craft easy. And yes. And, and it, it's just time saver stuff because you yeah. can drop into the worlds and like run around for 10 minutes, picking up herbs. And then you can craft like, the same amount of potions that you, that, that you, you can craft all the potions you need, or you can spend five bucks and buy like 500 potions. So you never have to craft them again. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's all time saver stuff. There's no like buy this cool sword. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so and, that, that part yeah. of it's pretty good too. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give it some more time, but, uh, yeah, like if, if you're already deep into monster hunter worlds, maybe you don't need to, but also maybe, you know, it, it's nice to have like an, a steady stream of content coming while you wait for Iceborne or whatever. Yeah. I, I think definitely if you have like a group of people you're playing monster hunter world with, yeah. um, it's going to be, uh, this is game is probably not going to work for you in a lot of ways because it is, it feels so sparse by comparison. It's also going to depend a lot on whether or not you like the art style. I happen to be like maybe yeah. kind of infatuated with the art style, but it's a lot less like you were saying, like it's very sparse compared mm-hmm. to Monster Hunter well, World. Like the environments are no. Yeah. Yeah. The environments and, and, and I don't, but like, I actually kind of like the way that looks. I, I sort of dig that like animated kind of style of the world. Um, I think the style is fine. I think it's just that there's nothing in it (laughs) except some trees and like the occasional like waterfall. Right. And I wouldn't want a more complex environment because of how you read it to go and find the the monster and stuff. Like it's so simple to find where the monster is hiding or being um, that, that I think that like much more complexity in like, adding lots of wildlife and, and stuff would actually kind of make it harder to get get going. Oh man. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying is that if that is the point for you, it's not the game for you. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. It's just, just reminded me how good monster hunter world is. Uh, it is that. It's what if great. I started replaying that on piece? Iceborne isn't out until late or um, I just, I, do I want to start over? No, I got, I got a lot of stuff. Uh, okay. Well, the other thing is sometime yesterday, I got an email from uh, the nice, the nice folks at Sony uh, and they said, Hey, you listen, uh, here's a Neo two closed alpha code. And I went, Oh, Hey, Neo, that game's pretty good. Neo two. I bet that game is also going to be pretty good. And so I booted that up and I was surprised to find a character creator. Hmm. Neo one. You do not create a character. Uh, you you just start out and you're some white guy and you go to Japan to chase down some other guy who like stole your wife, who was also like a spirit who lives. Wow. Who's, who's like, a, this happens in like, this is the opening cutscene. Kidding. No, I'm joking. The opening level you escape from prison and then in like England. Yeah. And then you go to Japan, but it's the guy stole your wife who is also your spirit guardian spirit. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I never actually like. There's like a epilogue of that game that I I never actually finished. I never played. I never back managed. to London. I I definitely didn't manage to actually play through that game. I played the first few areas and it's very cool. It's long. Yeah, like eighty hours. It took me like eighty hours to get to the epilogue, uh, and I never finished it. Uh, but it, that game's cool. Uh, and so uh, Neo Two. Uh, seems to be very much a similar game. Uh, if you aren't unfamiliar with Neo, it is, uh, like dark souls esque set in Japan, like deliberate combat. Um, you know, you're taking on as few enemies at a time as you can. Um, but set in like feudal Japan, 
but also there are like yokai about or oni and like demons uh, mixed in with the traditional human enemies uh who are you are fighting uh the twist on two is you are half yokai your character that you create is half yokai half human so that gives you the ability wherein one when you activate like your guardian or your spirit entity or whatever um you just kind of like your sword got like super powered and like you beat people up and like did some stuff uh with like elemental damage and whatnot and two you take on like a new form like you become a yokai and like you get all big and then you have like i think there are three different forms there's like brute something and phantom and they all have like different styles of attack uh yeah so the the three spirits that are in the demo like the brute one you have like a big club and you do like a bunch of damage the one i can't remember the name of your your spirit is a shark and when you do like the special move in the yokai form like some sharks come out and then a big shark comes up from the ground, like made of water. And then it like damages them. Then it starts playing baby shark. And the other one is a bird. Bird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It goes baby shark. Do, 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 do. And then the sharks jump out and eat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it tutorializes everything really well uh, for the most part. Like there are a few things here and there where it doesn't exactly spell out what it needs. Um, but like, Dark Souls, you kind of get like the little bit at the beginning of the game where it's like, oh, here's how you heavy attack. Here's how you light attack. But there are like actual tutorial tutorial areas and like missions you can do to learn how to play the game. But like some of the stuff, there's like a demon for like a fang break was like the name of one of the moves. It was like while you're in your brute form, you can... Um, like parry and attack and hurt people but I could not figure out the timing on it. Like in the, they just have like it's training mode. So it's, you know, there's just a demon attacking you over and over could not figure out the timing on how to do the move. Uh, and coming off of, uh, what, what, uh, Sekiro, uh, earlier this year where it's like, everything was like perfectly telegraphed and like, you knew exactly when to do everything. It just felt bad, um, which is a bummer. Uh, and so like, you know, they're taking feedback and stuff on this alpha. So once I get around to like filling out the, Hey, what did I think? Uh, questionnaire, whatever, like, you know, I'll say, yo, this don't, this, this didn't feel right. Uh, and can hopefully they'll hopefully make that maybe a little better or something. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the combat is largely the same. Uh, they've got some, I don't know if they have different weapons. There might be fewer, um, you know, maybe not everything's in there, um, yet, but they added like, so in this, you've got, you can have, you've got a, each weapon has a high, a medium, low stance, and each of those stances has different like benefits and trade-offs. Like the high stance is very slow, but it's more powerful medium stance is kind of like your jack of all trades, like decent defense, decent attack. And then the low stance is really good for dodging and like blocking, uh, and like speed. You know what that reminds uh, me of is, uh, for Star- honor. No, I don't know. <laughs> Star Wars, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Academy or sorry, Jedi. Okay. Sorry. 
Uh, I've not played it, but sure, maybe. I don't Only know. someone would make a Jedi game with some Souls-like stuff in it. And some, like, I don't if there's, like, I don't know, some fallen Jedi? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so this, for, this alpha has... I'm assuming it's two levels because the levels are pretty long, like pretty sizable. Um, oh yeah. Character creator. Before I get back, I want to get back to that. Cause that was the first thing I talked about. And then we went off on a tangent. Uh, the character creator uh, is really basic in this one. You're basically just choosing from pr- some presets, but there are a lot of like customization options. And so like, you know, you can be like a man, woman, uh, skin color, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they're going to have, um, like stat bonus stuff in the first one. There are stat bonus stuff. like, Oh, I want to focus on like my body or like agility or dexterity or whatever. Um, in this one, it's just, everything starts off with the same and you get to go from there and level up. Um, I, don't remember if you could summon people you don't summon players you summon like you summon like ai versions of the players i don't I think, think you do it in the first one i don't know i think in some levels there were just the ai people that you could talk to and get them to help you maybe um i, I honestly like the second row but yeah. I, but i don't think you could summon them like like it, we, yeah. like we saw in the video. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Neo 2, you, there are summons. You can put down like Righteous Jasper, and that will um, put down an AI version of yourself um, in other people's worlds, That and they can summon you. And if they summon, if you get summoned in other people's worlds and help them, then you get some items in your game. The problem is, you have to have, there's like consumable items that you need to summon people. Well, sounds about right. And they seem to be pretty rare, at least in the alpha. And so like you know, the first, you, at first you get like three and the first person I found to summon cost two. I'm like, okay. And then I died with them. I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. They're gone. Couldn't find, I couldn't summon anyone else. Cause I only had one left. Uh, you know? And so like that happened a few times throughout that level where I was like, I found some more. I'm like, oh, okay, great. And then they were gone. Like, ah, so that's, I don't know. I hope they fix that too. Um, there was a cool thing where I entered like a yokai realm and that changed like kind of the nature of what my character looked like. I don't know if there's going to be like any actual like gameplay ramifications for being in this area, but like it made my character have like two big horns sticking out of their face. Um, that's kind of cool, which cause they're part yokai. So it like, it was like, Oh, yeah. you're in the yokai realm. So you're going to, your yokai side is going to come out. I think the design on the characters and like the, the different like forms you can take are really cool. Like I yeah. think the, phantom one looks so rad um let's see if i can find a picture and show you guys um but yeah it's it's more neo and that's it's brutally hard um sometimes maybe a little too hard in some places i think uh you just get like yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like the soul stuff was always like pretty fair. It's like, oh, I made a mistake here, and in this alpha, at least, it's like, ah, oh, no, that's just that's I'm in a bad spot, or I didn't expect this, and it's not fair. 
like it yeah um like oh this guy hit me and then he hit me twice and then i'm dead but he shouldn't have done that much damage to me or oops i stepped in this fire now i took all my health oh great uh so yeah that neo 2 uh it's kind of what I expected. Um, they didn't change too much, but also I think the changes they are making are smart. Uh, but I, there's no story stuff in this alpha, so I don't know how that's going to play out. There were there was like a weird cat that followed me around and gave me a buff. Um, but it was As like, it's, it's kind of creepy looking. It's like very compact and like rotund and it has really big eyes. Sounds like a cat to me. And then when I went into the yokai room, I had a bunch of spikes and it just kind of rolled around after me. Weird. It was weird. Um, do we know if this game's coming out on PC and Xbox at the same time as PS4? Or if it's coming to Xbox at all? I don't. Neo 1 never came to Xbox. Okay. Okay. So probably not Xbox. I, uh, I assume... I don't know when it... It came out on PC later, I think. Yeah, it did. That was part of why I didn't play through Neo was because like, it, on the base PS4, it was real rough performance-wise. Mm-hmm. Um and it was playable, but it was, it was rough. Um, and, and so I was kind of like, well, I guess I'm going to play this on PC probably instead. And then I never did. Um, so I'd be curious to know if this one's coming out on both at the same time. It, it very well might. Uh, but I don't think they've said one way or the other, it might be yeah. like a delayed release. So they put it out on PS4 and then like nine months later or whatever. I don't even know. I don't think there's a release date. This is, this was also called a closed alpha. So who knows? It's probably pretty far off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think they have an actual date on anything yet. So the, the, this looks like it's running really well. I assume that in the video, oh, yeah, watching no, the person's playing it on a PS4 uh, pro, but still there, they do have like, uh, options for like resolution frame rate, etc. That's cool. The first one had those options too, even if you were playing on a standard PS4, but I just found that none of them were really, like you could turn it to extreme performance, but like it mm-hmm. looked real rough then. Like yeah. it was kind of like yeah, playing a PS2 like, game or, or PS3 game or something. Stuff is like sub tw- sub 720 in some spots. If you oh know. yeah yeah, because I had to play it on the performance mode because mm-hmm. yeah, I it was too framey on the standard default and obviously yeah. on the quality mode. But on yeah. the performance mode, it was like what are we doing here? Like the fog was, in, was nuts. It was mm-hmm. like, you couldn't see more than 20 feet in front of you in some places. Yeah. And the resolution dips were really bad. And the aliasing was terrible. So <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, it, video games are hard. And yeah. like when you, a game like that is hard to make run well. Yeah. Um, so well, especially like them. the environments are very detailed. Totally. Uh, yeah. But it seems like playing it on, if you don't have a pro console, playing it on PC mm-hmm. would be the way to go. If you do have a PC that will run it, yeah uh i've heard it's pretty well optimized for pc uh probably yeah um the so one thing about neo if you don't know is the levels are discrete unlike dark souls or some other souls like games the levels are discrete where you're going in you're like picking missions basically and then you go into the level and sometimes they like you'll have multiple missions on a level, but they'll like remix it and have you start in a different place and like different things will be closed off. Um, but there are two separate, um, like maps in the alpha, at least that I've seen. I haven't finished the second one. Maybe there's a third. I doubt it though. They're kind of like Hitman levels though, in that 
you definitely, there's a lot to kind of learn about them. Oh, and yeah. they have like in, I remember playing in, in, in Neo one, they vary in size too. Some of them are like, relatively small but 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 still really detailed and some of them are huge like yeah. like a whole area of dark souls um in in one map so it's discrete maps but they're definitely not like yeah they're disappointing not, at all yeah no, they're they, really cool and there's one in the first one that's like a like, i don't even like a ninja house basically and it's just filled with um like trap trap doors and like secret things in the walls that you can go through and just finding your way through that place was a nightmare. Uh, but it was also really cool. Just like yeah. how intricate everything was. Um, so it's like they, there are a lot of, a lot of different levels and maps. So it's not just, you know, um, one thing, uh, yeah. It's not just like, Oh, there's like five maps and I'm doing the same thing on all of them. It's and I, a lot of different things. Honestly, that first game, I, I mean, again, I didn't play through it all the way. Um, yeah. but it, it, it's like the, the diversity in terms of like the weapons you can wield and stuff and, and like the ways in which you can develop your character, I think kind of surpass some of the, the souls games. Um, it, it, I, not necessarily, I don't know that the enemy design is quite as phenomenal as in souls games. And like, so I I'm, I'm not necessarily saying I think it's better, but certainly from a combat perspective and, and like a character progression perspective, it does some stuff in that I think is more interesting. Yeah. Uh, like I, I think some of the bosses got real cool. Um, but like, and I didn't general, get far enough yeah. to see that. Yeah. Um, like the yokai design, I think is just generally pretty neat. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, like there's like some like Naga type enemies in this alpha for the second one. Uh, you do a lot of, uh, I think the cool thing about Neo was they had a lot of like one-on-one -on -one samurai duels kind of, and like, you know, you're using like magic powers and stuff in those fights, but it's like, they kind of did the Sekiro thing before Sekiro where you're like, okay, this is a fight between me and this guy. We're just guys. We're not, you know, it's not me versus a giant dragon or whatever. Like you get right. in dark souls. Um, and like, sometimes you get those like more personal fights in dark souls, like with the PVP mainly, but um, it like, it just was pretty Like you felt really cool when you're in this like field of tall grass fighting another samurai. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, I assume they'll have more of that. Um, but yeah, I, I look forward to whenever this, the full game comes out and I hope they kind of, st uh, stick the landing on it because yeah. they've got some cool stuff going on here. Cool. Uh, so Pat, uh, you went on a quest of sorts. Yeah. Um, wow. briefly I'll talk. The first quest I want to talk about is the, is a, is a not depression quest, the game, but is a X quest, uh, <laughs> quest 64. Uh, no, um, the a, epic a quest for loot. Russian, Russian quest, Eastern block quest. Uh, Oh, the quest for gravity. Uh, <laughs> funny. You mentioned that, <laughs> um, the, <laughs> from the developers of, cargo the quest for gravity um <laughs> comes a game called pathologic 2 um so 
people may have heard of pathologic one, like the first one from the pretty phenomenal, um, series of write-ups that was done on uh rock paper shotgun, um, around that game several years ago. Um, pathologic in general, the way it was originally sold to me was as a de- decision simulator, um, which is an interesting way to put it. But, um, the, the idea is the, at a base level, the idea is that you play as, um, a surgeon who has come back to a, their hometown in, uh, in Russia. I think it actually takes place in Russia. I'm a little fuzzy on it because I don't know, um, Russia very well, as well as I should. Um, but it, it's a, it's a small town or a relatively small city, uh, somewhere in Russia. And, um, you're, you're the surgeon, you come back to t- the town you're from. Nobody really remembers you because you've been away for a long time. Um, and then, um, by a few days in a plague starts to ravage the, uh, the city. And so you have to kind of use your, um, medical knowledge to try to help people. And there's an idea of like, you might be able to develop a cure for it. If you, are good enough. Um, and then people say, no, we don't want your cure. Cause what if it kills our kids? I mean, there's a little bit of that in there for sure. Uh, actually, um, basically this is probably one of the darkest games ever made. I would guess, um, it is, it is extraordinarily, um, kind of crushing to play it. Uh, and, um, the original was, um, very, very, very rough around the edges. The translation was terrible. Um, it was, I think it was ice pick Loge's first game. Um, and it, it just, it, it looked bad. It ran bad. There were lots of bugs. The translation was very bad. It was hard to play it. Um, almost impossible to enjoy it, but it has this thing about it that is just, it's just, just so weird. And so, interesting and it has an internal mythology and logic that does make sense if you play enough of it to see where all of the seams and cracks are um so anyway they they have they kick-started a remake of the game that they did release as pathologic hd uh which is like um uh, it's updated textures. They fixed all the bugs. They redid the translation. So it was definitely playable and much more enjoyable or again, enjoyable is not really the right word, but it's, it's much more, um, less frustrating to play. Uh, but they also, because they funded so well, decided to make a fuller remake that kind of rebuilds the game from the ground up for, by more modern standards. Uh, and that's what pathologic two is. It's not actually a sequel to the game. Um, at least so far as I can tell. Uh, but it does start differently and it is a different experience from the original game. Um, it covers the same general story and concepts. Uh, one thing to note that is not clear that I saw some people frustrated with, um, I don't know if it's worth being frustrated over it, but the original game had three different characters that each kind of have their own unique story in the world. And each one is like a full game's worth of content. Like it, it, it takes around, 25 to 30 hours to play through the game. Um, and each playthrough was around that long. As far as I remember, I didn't play through it to completion with any of them, but, um, in this new game, only one of the characters is available currently Mm. with the intent to add the other characters as like, um, 
downloadable, like you'll probably have to pay for them. But I don't think that's worth being frustrated about. Like it's, this is a full game. Definitely. I, I think the thing, I, I mean, like not to jump in because I've only really uh, dealt with this game in terms of, uh, like reading about it. I've played like five, I've played like a very short amount of yeah. pathologic HD, but uh, basically from what my understanding is that to get the full experience of the, of the original, you really need to have all three playthroughs. Um, and I think that's a little different this time around right. Um, right. because again, the general, the general story is the same, but it's much more cohesive from just seeing it from one character's perspective. Hmm, okay. I think there's more, I mean, I think that it'll be really interesting to see the other characters come in later, but I don't think it's like an incomplete game by any stretch uh, based on what I've seen so far. Cause it is very different from like, you do not need to play the first game before you play this one. And I'm someone who is pl playing all of kingdom hearts to be before I play kingdom hearts three, <laughs> you do not need to play the first game to play Pathologic two. I would in fact say, if you're interested in playing this game at all, just get the second one and play that. Cool. Um, but uh it, it is, it, it is different in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I didn't even play through, like I said, one of the characters in the first game because it was too much. It was it's, just, it's rough. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what the game is, uh, I don't want to talk super, super long about it. Cause I'll probably talk about it more when I've played through more of it, but what the game is functionally is, um, a survival horror game with some, em with emphasis on the survival part. Um, and without jump scares and stuff, at least so as far as I have seen and remember, uh, it's super psychological. There's definitely lots of creepy stuff, but there's no like things jumping out at you. Um, the combat is pretty rare. Uh, it, it can happen, but like when you have a gun, you'll have like two or three bullets and they will kill a person if you hit them like when one shot and, and you don't really do that. You, first of all, you really shouldn't kill people anyway. <laughs> um, uh, but, but it is heavy on the survival elements of like trying to keep your health, uh, your, your hunger up, your thirst up, your, uh, your, and you have to sleep and stuff. And that's kind of balanced with everything is on a timer. The game is last 12 days of its game time. Um, I don't know what the time scale is off the top of my head, but like I said, I've heard it's around, 25 to 30 hours, depending on how much time you sleep, um, to, to, to get through it. Uh, and things are happening whether you're there or not. So it's very much one of those kind of games where, um, if you hear a rumor about something, you have to make a choice as to whether or not you're going to investigate it because you're missing out on other things while you're doing that. Uh, there's also elements of once the plague starts rolling into town, you have to start making choices on who you're going to try to save. Um, and there it is, this is where it starts to get extraordinarily dark because like there will be sick children and you can choose to spend your day curing, trying to cure the sick children, or you can spend your day trying to research a cure and herbs in like the woods or whatever. So you have to make very hard choices about what you're going to do with your time and people will die because of those choices and the world will react to how they've died. Like the game opens with you um, killing people that attack you. It's not a spoiler at all. Cause it's right at the beginning. Uh, and you have about an hour or two of game time before the information that you killed those people spreads. And as soon as it does, you start to see the meters in the corner go like 
the townsfolk don't like you anymore. And it'll, if you piss off enough people, they'll just try to kill you when you're around them. Um, so it's a lot of like managing your reputation as well as your health and making choices. Um, it sounds kind of frost punky in a way in that. Totally. Yes. Yeah. In, in, except that you're, yeah, you're playing a specific character, but even yeah. visually it has some, it's obviously not post-apocalyptic in like technically, but it sort of is because it's in this town that becomes ravaged by a plague. So, um, the, the other thing about it, and this is where it like, it, if all of this sounds interesting to you, you should play it. But also there's like a cow God that shows up sometimes. And there's, Why not? there's, there's these characters in Raven costumes, but maybe they're also just like bird monster people. Um, mm-hmm. There's like it random places around town. There are people in like skin tight black body suits and with white face masks on that you can talk to, but they're weird. Sometimes people turn into them. Uh, <laughs> There's like early on, they're convinced that there's a murderer that is a shoot. I forget what it's called. Um, a Russian folklore creature, basically that is like a person that comes up out of the ground that is made of clay, um, that takes the guise of a woman. Um, and I haven't seen that yet. There's also people that have like, they call them worms, but they're like worm people kind of, they're just around like people don't think they're weird and you can, I mean, they're, the one I met was very friendly. Um, <laughs> so this game is not just a straight, like it's got a lot of weird shit. There's also a whole, there's all these trappings of things being a play that are very, um, like it's clear that that element is important. Um, so the point being, you know, you can play through it once in like 25 to 30 hours, are there are there little naked buddies that you can kick for fun? No, there are naked women in it though, oh. um, which was a weird thing to see to read about on to see people talking about on forums. It, there's not like <laughs> it's not like gross nudity at all. There's just like there's there's step folk that are like kind of out in the world, and like sometimes they do like rituals, and sometimes they're dancing around in the nude. It doesn't seem like sexualized from what I've seen, but I saw some people on forums that were like talking about how it's like a sexy game or something. I don't know. That's it's a weird. big cow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. The the buddies in cargo were certainly not sexualized despite being very naked. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a pathologic is a strange game. I would say it's not for the faint of heart in that a lot of fucked up stuff happens in it. That is disturbing. Um, but it is also, a very intelligent, interesting, it's not gross in the way that bad things happen. It's not particularly graphic from what I've seen so far either. I mean, it is, and it isn't people do get burned alive, but uh, it's not like, you know, you're not like exploding heads and stuff like that. Um, So I don't know. It's, it's a tough game to recommend to just anybody because it is, still tedious in some ways and it is um a brutal game from a sort of an emotional perspective uh depending on how you find it affecting you um 
but at the same time, it's, there's also like nothing else like it that exists. Uh, and it, the, this new version, um, removes the technical problems from what I've seen pretty much completely. Like there's no, it runs far better. It, it, I haven't seen any bugs. It doesn't have the same kind of the, the, the dialogue is still very strange, but it's not, doesn't feel strange because it feels poorly translated. It just is strange. Um, the interface is way better. You kind of have like this interesting sort of journal mechanic where you, you can see your thoughts and that's kind of the, gives you the notes on what you should be doing or what you could be doing. Um, but, uh, you, you should be prepared for it to be a bit of a slog in certain ways. Um, and, and it also is worth noting that because of the nature of the game, if you really want to get the full experience of it, you're going to have to play it more than once and like do different things with your time. Um, so you could probably play it for around a hundred hours to really see everything that's going on and get a full picture, or you could play through it once and, and kind of call it good. But, um, I don't know, like there's a slaughterhouse that children live in that like used to be like a, a, a religious site. It's, it's weird and interesting in ways that I really like. If you like, I, I don't know. I think like depending on how, some of the darker stuff like Alex, you might really like this game a lot. Uh, I don't think you would really like the survival elements of it as much, but it might be worth it just to see all the strange story stuff. Um, I know Allison, you were expressing interest in it. If you've seen and been curious about the first game, you should totally check this game out. I might, I, uh, the one thing that I've done with this game and that actually I might, recommend is it this is one of my favorite games to actually read about um just because it is obtuse it's weird but um there's a series of articles on rock, rock paper shotgun yep. that we talked about in our chat that are really really good um dealing with the original path logic yep. um but I, it's, it's, it's one of my it's, it's a game that i really like to read about or hear about so um since I've spent so, gotten so much enjoyment out of that, I might as I, I think I might get Pathologic Two eventually, just to kind of a partially support it and b to actually maybe maybe have this be the time that I get into it. Cool. Alessina wrote a really good review of it over for Paste. Um, well, I, I, I highly recommend. <laughs> I see Andre's face. <laughs> I, I'm looking at this video, the stream. Yeah. I'm, what is? Ha- it's a it's a weird game it's a weird game what okay uh for what it's worth um i didn't see any of this stuff when i started the game because i made different choices in dialogue and stuff okay i was in this house but the people that showed up were very different okay uh well uh so the other the other thing i have to talk about and i won't i won't talk about each game in the list because the other quest yeah, the the is uh, the other quest that I engaged the in this the epic quest for loot was the, uh, the I like that loot? game kind of uh, <laughs> it wasn't very good but uh, I think it's still going isn't it is it <laughs> they, um, their Facebook is still active weird <laughs> um, is uh, is the Oculus Quest um, the new headset from fucking Facebook of all places which you know don't. I'm not thrilled about that connection, but at the same time, um, I can say that the, the Oculus quest is like 
a pretty magnificent piece of hardware um, that I think is worth paying attention to. And I think it's odd that I feel like all of the gaming sites that I've follow are not really talking about it at all. I don't know if they talked about it on the giant bomb podcast this week. Cause I haven't been did, not caught did. up. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's a pretty remarkable piece of hardware. Uh, the, 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 essentially, if you're not familiar with it, what it does is it, is it removes the PC from the, or console from the equation, from the VR equation. Um, it, it, it's a fully standalone unit. Everything is built into the headset. Um, but unlike phone VR, like daydream and the Oculus go from last year or the year before, um, the, the, the quest is more or less console quality games, um, and running with like serious touch controllers, the same controllers that the new rift S is, is shipping with. Um, and they're on par with, you know, vibes, um, vibes controllers and, and, and other Oculus controllers in the past. So you're getting, when I say console quality, like, I don't, I don't know what it actually like frame by frame comparisons with the PSVR, but, um, from what I have, when I've tried the PSVR to this, they seem comparable. So you're not getting like, like quest or Oculus rift or vive type quality uh, that you would out of a, out of a really powerful gaming PC. There isn't but, a 2080 in here. No, of course not. But, but it is, it is well beyond what you may have come to expect from mobile VR. Yeah. But uh, it's better than a phone. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is that because it's all built into the headset too, like the screens are built for VR, the lenses are built for VR. So it's not like, you're plugging your phone screen into a headset. Um, and then on top of that, you're getting like the six degrees of freedom that you can't get out of, uh, out of, out of, a, a out of phone VR. So what that means is, um, you can move around at room scale like you would with a Vive. And one of the most incredible things about it is that you just put it on and it works. There's no calibration part. There's like brief setup where it updates the firmware and then you draw your like room scale boundaries. Um, but it has cameras on it. That's how it does its tracking is it reads the environment and then is able to like use the 3d cameras on it to like track the depth. So that's how it's like able to track where you are in the space. So what that means, like when you put the headset on, it just gives you a pass through view of the cameras and then you draw your play space that way. And it takes like, I don't know, 10 minutes to set up if that the first time. And then after that, every time you put it on, it usually it will just go like if I put it on, I charge it next to my TV and I play about seven feet away from the TV behind the couch. So I can grab it off the charger, put it on. And then it goes like, Oh, you're not in your play space. And it gives me a pass through of the camera of the, the cameras. And then I can turn around and it'll and it see the boundaries from the outside of where I usually play and then just walk over and play. And it tags where your controllers are when it's got the cameras on. So it, it like the barrier is no longer there for needing to like do setup and like needing to, to, to the one thing is that when the lighting changes drastically in the room, as it does, for example, when it goes from night to day or day to night, um, sometimes it gets a little confused and it'll have to have you redraw the play space, but that takes about 30 seconds. So it's not like, frustrating or anything really. Um, 
And then from there it just works. Like it can handle play spaces of up to 25 by 25 feet. So if you have like a big garage or basement or something that you can play in, you could probably play a game like, um, Vader immortal or some of the more like adventure, like walk around a space games without even using any teleportation locomotion or, or like mm. smooth movement locomotion, really because cool. it just, it just works and tracks the space incredibly well. Um, so I've played stuff like beat saber on it. I've played Vader immortal. I've played super hot VR. Um, I played a flight simulator called ultra wings, uh, I checked out a tennis, a demo for this like goofy tennis game. Um, and I played a little bit of, uh, Orbis VR, which is an MMO. Um, and which I got because it was on sale and it's weird. Uh, I don't know how much I really like it yet, but it's certainly weird to play an MMO in VR. But, uh, the, 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 the thing I don't want to like get into like detail about each of those games. Cause that would take like a long time, yeah. but, um, the thing about it that is so impressive is just how well it just functions and how easy it is to go from both not being in VR to being in VR to also being aware of your room. So like part of the reason that I don't use my vibe that much is because, um, it's there's setup time. Cause like I have the, the sensors on tripods. Um, so I would have to set them up. And if you have taken down and reset up the sensors, then the vibe needs to recalibrate. You got to put the headset on the floor. You got to put the headset on your head. You got to like, um, like redraw your boundaries, but that you can't do that with the headset on because it doesn't do the same kind of pass through. So you have to take the headset off and walk around your space with the controller. It's like 25 minutes of setup. Um, and then on top of that, then once I'm done with it, I got to collapse everything. got to put everything back in the drawer, all that stuff. Um, also while you're in, I like, I don't have any awareness of what like my partner's doing because I have big headphones on and I'm like totally in it with the quest. Like you can, it has positional audio built into the straps. So a lot of people won't be satisfied with that audio, but I found it to be totally acceptable, um, for me. And if you poke your head outside of the guardian space, you get the camera feed. So you can even like just walk out of the space and then see your room around you. Um, so in addition to being able to hear stuff around you, you can also pop your head out and like talk to someone and see what's going on. Um, there is the option to plug in headphones too, if you want more like better headphones, but, mm-hmm. uh, I found the speakers built into it to be pretty good. Um, it also has a microphone. So like, it's very strange to play like that, that VR MMO and you're like walking around the space and you see other people's avatars. Cause it's pretty heavily populated. Um, and you can like, it's all voice chat. So you just like hear people talking to each other and like waving at each other and stuff. It's that part's strange. Um, I would say too, like the stuff like beat saber works just as well there as it does on the vive. I've played at both places. Um, there's no custom songs yet, but there is hope for that because you can sideload stuff onto it. So people are already working on trying to hack in custom song support. Personally, I don't really need that because I am not playing it to listen to music so much as play the rhythm component. So, um, if it had good music and <laughs> I, I get the argument for sure. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I think the music in it is fine. It's not stuff I would listen to outside of beat saber, but it's, it's 
built for it and it's creates fun gameplay. They've also done, they already have one pack of songs you can get that are not by the guy. So, um, they're going to be adding more songs to that too. Um, is pop star in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. It has all the same songs. As far as I know that yeah. the other versions have well, the PS4 version launched with all that stuff. And it wasn't in the PC version for a while. So uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's I, think I think it's all on the PC version now, but I, I think this might be ported from the PS4 version, but I don't know for sure. Um, it could be, it, it definitely, they had to, to, downgrade some of the like fog effects and visual effects to make it work on the quest. And you um, have to buy it again. If you already, yeah, that's, that's the only, there's a lot of cross buy titles between rift and quest. Like, um, robo recall is one I believe that is cross buy, but beat saber, there was some controversy because like they jacked the price up 10 bucks when they came out of early access, which I think is fair. That's part they of our access. And, yeah. Um, and then, but then also you have to buy it again on but quest. Who's complaining? Like, is it people? Oh, who, it, was, it was a lot of people complaining on, no, like, but I'm just like, is it people who didn't buy in when it was in early access? Is it people? So who I, owned it at the, I think the frustration is people who owned it on the Oculus store in early access for $20. We're now being asked to pay not just $20 again, but $30 okay. on quest. Cause you couldn't pre buy it on quest. Mm-hmm. It, okay. So, so it's people who owned a, a rift and then bought a quest and okay. Those and it, would have, it would probably have stung a little bit less if you could have purchased it a month ago on the quest for mm-hmm. 20 bucks, but because the quest store wasn't live until after they had already like, yeah, no. So I'm just, it's, it's, it's people who, the people who were complaining yes. were, were people who already owned the game, but were going to buy it again. Right. Okay. 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 I would argue that if you're spending that much money on having VR equipment laying around, you can probably afford to buy a $30 game a second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I certainly, as someone who owned it on steam was not upset about buying it again on the quest store, yeah. but yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I guess I can see the frustration. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe if that guy, the, the dude who, who made it, who or the, the few people, the people who the team that made it have kind of been infamously sort of like arrogant and a little like, mm-hmm. I don't know if shitty is the right word, but the, they don't have the most goodwill from the fan yeah. base in the first place. It's just that the game is so good that people don't yeah, not buy it because they are kind of like, their reasoning for why they didn't want to do custom songs was because the guy who makes the music for it, it makes better music than anyone who they would get for custom songs. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, come on, dude. So, like, so the music in Beat Saber is not that good. No. <laughs> it's it, like, it's good. It is good in the sense that it, for Beat Saber, it right. works. it's like Which, the perfect Beat Saber songs. But qualitatively for that game. Yeah, I think that was more his point was not that the, yeah, I don't think he was saying he's the best musician in the world. I think what his point was, was that, um, without making music specifically for beat saber, it wouldn't be good to play in beat saber. But mm-hmm. even that statement is not true. Like and then they go, I put in pop star and, and it's phenomenal. Like it's yeah. my favorite song to play in that game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So um, so, so yeah, I did that. He's there a little bit. Um, yeah. I will say before we wrap up, um, like, I think like, um, the, one of the amazing, the two most amazing experiences I've had on it. Beat Saber is a phenomenal game. It's probably going to make my game of the year list, uh, and probably fairly high. 
Um, cause it is out 1.0 now. So yeah. this would be, um, it, it's, it's an incredible game. We already knew that the thing that this, that this, the, 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 the two things that I experienced on this, that I didn't understand how incredible they were. Uh, one was super hot VR, which I may have helped that I had literally come home from watching John wick to then play super hot VR. But that game, if you like me have had access to VR, but said, uh, I don't need to play it in VR. I played it in, in, uh, like on uh mm-hmm. PC with a mouse and keyboard. I'm sure it's great in VR, but I've already had that experience. I don't need it again. You should definitely play it in VR because holy crap, it is like a wildly different game and it it is the one of the coolest things you can experience in a video game, I think. Like mm-hmm. it is so cool and to be able to play it without wires like mm-hmm. The story I keep telling people is that there's the one level where you're on a ledge and there's people below you and I uh, killed a bunch of them, but then there were still two people shooting at me with the shotguns and I had to like lay down on the floor to avoid the shots so that I was below the plane so they couldn't shoot over the ledge at me when I reached up and grabbed an Uzi off of a shelf and then without looking like blind fired over the ledge and managed to kill them both and it was like the coolest thing to like go through those actions because since it's super hot, you can do moves very slowly. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not the most athletically inclined, or if you're concerned about damaging things in your environment, you don't have to like do a bunch of super crazy fast stuff. You can just sort of very slowly do some really cool maneuver, Um, which which is the point of super hot. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so like you can very slowly dodge out of the way of bullets and stuff, which doesn't sound like anything new if you've played it before on mouse and keyboard, but doing it in VR is a whole new when, when it's when you're physically doing it. Yes. It feels so cool. There's a level where you grab two throwing stars out of the air in front of you. And then you can like throw them to the side and kill two people without looking at them. If you kind of have mm-hmm. played it before and then they have knives that come at you once you kill them, because everything in the game, as you, if you played it every, every time you kill someone with a weapon, it usually flies at you. So then you can grab the two knives and stab two other guys coming at you. It's all just really awesome stuff. Um, and, uh, and you should play it if you have access to VR because it's phenomenally good. Speaking um, of, God, you're making of, me want the thing. Yeah, I was going to ask. So, um, just for me, I haven't bought into VR yet. I technically sure. have a dev kit for the original Oculus. Cause I did do development for it. Like, five or six years ago, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't bought into, uh, you know, commercial VR since it's come out with the Rift and the Vive oh, or the phone stuff. Do you think the quest is a good entry point for someone if it's their first one, or do you think it's better to maybe wait for the quest two or no, I, I don't think you should, should feel like you need to wait. Um, I think if you are really concerned with visual fidelity, um, and you really want to be able to play realistic looking games in VR that you're probably better off and you have a gaming computer, you're probably better off picking up a rift S. Um, but I think that if you, the, the Rift S still has a cable though, and I really think that the thing with the Quest that sells it for me is that it doesn't have that cable. And I think the the biggest downside with it, aside from the difference in fidelity, which again is if you've never used VR before, you're probably not even going to notice. Um, but the, the the only other downside is it's only got about a two hour battery life. But as someone who has played a fair amount of VR, you honestly you shouldn't play in yeah. VR for much longer than that yeah. <laughs> like i'm sure there are plenty of people who would be like no i play beat saber for four hours at a time trust me i've done like i did a five-hour session in the vive once it's 
don't do that to yourself. Like play for an hour, an hour and a half, and then take a break. Um, uh, so I would say that it's definitely worth that. I, I, I like without having the wires, I think it's, it's, it's better. Um, and it also gives you so much more versatility. Like I'm kind of thinking maybe on tomorrow or Monday, if I get up, I usually get up early now. Um, it, you shouldn't use this device in, in sunlight. One, it can't really track if there's really bright lights in your environment and two, the sun can damage the lenses. Uh, but you can totally use it outside if it's overcast or twilight. Um, so I'm thinking about popping over to the football field that's at the school down the street and like early morning before anyone's awake, uh, to laugh at me and, um, trying it out there and seeing like what it's like to play like something like Vader immortal in a huge space where you can really walk around and, 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 not use the teleportation. I will also say that if you've used teleportation locomotion in, in the past, I can't do smooth. It, it gives me motion sickness. Um, nothing else really does in VR, but the smooth locomotion. Um, so I have to use teleport. Uh, I use teleport for Skyrim and stuff. And it's a pain because you also have to like turn and because of the wires, you really need to use the like click turn. So it's kind of frustrating with the quest. Since there's no wires, teleportation locomotion locomotion works way better because you can see the direction you'll be pointing when you teleport and you can physically turn your body as you teleport really easily. So it feels way more natural and it doesn't, I felt like I never had to do the, the, the click turning when playing Vader immortal like that. Um, I'll real quick say too, um, Vader immortal is like from a fidelity standpoint, it's probably the one you notice, the tech limitations the most on because it's like semi it's kind of more realistic visual style mm -hmm. and the characters don't necessarily like look incredible, but it's also um, a phenomenal example of what just a general narrative experience in VR can be like, because you have a mix of interacting with buttons and switches and physically like hacking doors open, like opening door panels and moving things around. And that feels really cool and satisfying. You have the like exciting moments of like, we're running away from something in VR and you have like times when you're climbing on stuff and it's really like wild. Cause you look down and you're way up in the air. And then you also have some like action stuff with some lightsaber combat in there. Um, and it, it's like a really, really good 45 minute experience that, gives a great example of what these devices could be used for in a more narrative sense beyond like the, the sort of like, this is a sports game. This is a rhythm game. Yeah. Um, tech demos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I highly recommend checking that out. If you do have uh, one of the um, it's currently only on quest, but it'll be on uh, rift S later this spring. Um, so that's worth playing to. There's some tech issues here and there in that game specifically that are, problematic like it actually crashed for me a bunch but it didn't like fully crash it just would drop back to the home menu and then it was like it was suspended so i could just jump immediately back into where i was that was really weird um it was basically like i bumped the home button but i wasn't uh and then there's also some occasional tracking stuff that i noticed more with that game than with other games but that's all so minor and a lot of it's based on your environment and it still worked way better than um, any other VR that I've used, like right out of the box. So, uh, super, super recommended. Cool. Cool. Baller. 
I definitely am jealous of you having it and I can't really justify buying it now. Yeah. I don't want to pretend like, like dropping 400 bucks on a headset is like not a large expense. And obviously it's a lot of money. I would say that, um, like if you're the kind of person right now who is like, Oh, should I buy a second console or a headset, this headset, I would say, get the, get the, do the headset mm-hmm. thing. Cause it's worth it for sure. It's, it's pretty incredible that this thing is available at that price point. I'll say. Yeah. Uh, it like when they first announced, I was like, mm, I don't know. Same. Yeah. Is it just going to be like basically a phone built in or what? And, but it sounds like they did a good job. I heard a thing. I, uh, I think it was on the Bombcast like a year ago. They were talking about it where one of the original problems is that it got too hot. So like you had to take it off. You could only play it for like 45 minutes at a time because then it would get too hot and like you couldn't wear it. Not like temperature on your face, like the hardware and the headset was too hot. So it would overheat if you used it for too long. And that was when I was kind of like, well, I don't know about this, but it does not have that problem at all. Um, you can, you can it's nice and cool. In fact, because of the way the headset's designed, it also is nice and cool on your face. Um, cause it has a little bit more venting than stuff like the, the vive yeah it's good that they're not um you know burning people's faces off that's the first step to a successful product uh yeah, step one yeah don't burn people's faces off uh that is gonna do it for our quest today uh in our quest to tell you about video games all the hottest and best uh stuff uh, next week, I think we're going to do our E3 predictions because E3 is a nightmare that starts too early now. God, that's right. Oh, wow. Uh, it'll start before we have a chance to do a podcast in two weeks. So a lot of stuff uh, will probably yeah. have already happened or be happening or not a lot of stuff, like some stuff. Uh, so yeah. And like stuff will probably leak. Some stuff is already leaking out. Um, so we'll see how we're what's the game. What game is going to have their entire marketing campaign decided on leaked footage? Oh man, that that's our bring your prediction next week. Barry. <laughs> Got me. You win. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's, it was rage two last year. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go, I think I'm going to bit summit next weekend as well. So maybe I'll have something to say about that. We'll see. Um, yeah. Does anyone else have anything they want to mention or look forward to uh, moving next week? So oh, nice. Uh, nice uh, and not nice. I hope, I hope Exciting. that doesn't Painful. make things too difficult with podcast production. Let us know if we need to pick up the slack. <laughs> um, uh, the, I, I will say I mentioned it briefly in the thing, but, um, believe May 31st, you know, the 30th for the 30, 31st, uh, the outer wilds comes out on Epic store and Xbox on game pass. You people should really play that video game. That's, I'll check that's, it. I'll check it out in approximately one month. <laughs> yeah. I it, it really should. Yeah. Video game. Uh, I, w- I would like to, it's, it sounded neat from everything I've heard from you and others talking about it. Um, dun, dun, dun. okay. Well, 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. That's at CoolSlaw. You can find the podcast at Gaming Fix and at Fix Podcasts on Facebook. Uh, Pat, where can people find you? You can find me at JesterPC and writing at GamingInConfidence.com. Great. Allison, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Why did you write Serenity like that? Uh, that's like a very long, like that's been my username since literally I was like 12. Um, you just not know how to spell serenity at that time? No, I knew how to spell it. It was just like, it was just like on, uh, I think the original one was on fanfiction.net and the original one was already taken. Okay. So I, I, it's, it's, I've literally been using that as like a a username since I was 12. I I know, I know how that, that (laughs) trust me. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? You can find me watching the newest girlfriend's review video, which was just posted 15 minutes ago. Oh, Oh, hell yes. What is she reviewing? Uh, should your boyfriend play PlayStation two? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But, but I'm going to guess what he probably already has. Probably. Chances are. Uh, Okay. Well, that is going to do it for us. Uh, You can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold and or produced. And if you're uh, buying this right podcast, here. you're probably in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us buying know. Them directly farm to table podcasts. <laughs> you can also paypal.me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're setting up a, a coffee account. Um, is it coffee? Coffee? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's coffee because it's like you're yeah, buying some yeah, coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. okay. Well, yeah. Uh, edgy. And if the, the platform you're buying or finding our podcast on allows for reviews, uh, go ahead and give us a review. Why does Apple get the, like the monopoly on like podcast reviews? I don't know. That's weird. Like, who, who even uses iTunes? I don't know anyone who uses iTunes. I certainly don't. I, the people I, I know who use iTunes are old. I've never heard anyone say anything good about iTunes. Do you have any more uh, iTunes? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Apple had pretty good customer service. The one time I had issues with iTunes like years ago, but that's about it. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, wherever you, you can leave genius. Me. We're, we're coming for you, Apple. Watch out. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, anywhere you can leave a, good, a review or a, reading give us the highest rating and a good review you know what? anywhere you can give a tarot card reading about our podcast please go ahead and do it uh publicize it twitter uh tarot.me uh you can drag us in the text of the review just make sure that the star count is at the maximum hey speak for yourself you can drag pat but you can't drag me put the team on my back and I'm going to carry us home. Uh, good night, everybody. Uh, good morning, wherever you may be. Uh, thanks for joining us. So long. Bye. Bye. Bye.